Welcome to the Master Passive Income Show. My name is Dustin Heiner, and I'm here to help you learn how to quit that J-O-B, that just overbroke job by investing in real estate so you never, ever have to work a job again. And today, we're going to be talking about how you can start investing as a beginner. And I'm telling you, right now is literally the best time to start investing in real estate. And if you're a beginner, this is the episode for you to get started and become a real estate investor so you can become successfully unemployed. All right, let's start the show. Welcome to the Master Passive Income Podcast, where we talk about investing in real estate with a special focus on making enough money so you can quit your job and live the dream life. And now, here is your host, Dustin Heiner. Hey, what's going on? So pumped to have you, as always, on the show. And I am super excited about what's going on in the real estate market. In fact, it started back in February of this year, of 2022. And this year, we've seen interest rates go up. And in fact, I have been, I've been really waiting for a long time. I'll give you the reason why I'm waiting for a long time. I have been wanting to buy a house to live in. Now, when I moved from California to Arizona, it was in 2017. And I literally just quit my job, like right at the end of 2016, into 2017, I just quit my job. And we moved from California, Fresno, California, down into Phoenix, Arizona, to be closer to my wife's parents and get out of California, which has been really nice. A lot more money in my pocket and a lot, a lot of other great things. With that, when we moved into our rental property, we always thought, okay, we'll stay in this house for a couple of years, for two years, and then buy another house. Well, what happens is when you quit your job, banks absolutely do not like you to not be able to pay back your loan. And they think... If you quit your job, how are you going to pay back your loan? Even though I had money come in from my properties, they still love that W-2. Now, it took me a couple years, and it usually takes two years of your tax returns to show that you don't have a job, but that you can make money outside of working that dead-end J-O-B. That we're thinking, okay, let's start looking for a house to buy. And then you guys know what happened. Everything started skyrocketing, and people started buying, well, obviously with COVID, but then people started buying houses because they want to get out of the city because of all the riots and all that sort of stuff. And so with that... I'm looking at, my goodness, prices started skyrocketing. And I am an investor. I don't chase markets. I don't chase properties. I wait. I am patient enough because I know there are great deals out there. Now, if there's a run on something, I'm going to basically wait, let other people spend all their money, and wait for it to come back down. Now, it's obviously been a couple more years since then, and so I've been waiting for the prices to correct and come back down. So what I've been excited for was eventually the Federal Reserve is going to start raising interest rates. And in 2022, it was like January, February-ish. In fact, I was just talking to a gentleman at church today, and we were talking about, okay, all of a sudden, you know, like it was some something happened in February that just changed. I'm like, well, I'll tell you what that something was. It was two things. Number one, it was the Federal Reserve raising interest rates because they think inflation, or they see inflation being 10%, they want to stop inflation. They want to bring it down back down to 2%, so they've been raising interest rate. Along with that, They've been literally printing money. When I say printing money, literally turning on the printing press, not anymore like physical printing press, they just click a button in a computer and say, okay, bank, you get this billion dollars. Bank, you get this billion dollars. They just print it up and they inflate 
it's that's what inflation's all about is they've been printing and then now they're doing interest rates so they're it's they're basically causing what they need to do like they're causing the problem and they're saying we're going to fix it with this raising of interest rates all that to say what happened was they started raising interest rates and they stopped printing money. That was a big thing. Well, the quantitative easing was basically just putting more money in the system, basically inflating our dollars. And so in February of 2022, what happened was interest rates started going up and they stopped printing money. That's when stock markets started to come down. We're seeing a couple things kind of, I won't say converging, but like going on right now. And we're, and you listened to my last week's episode, check it out. It, I talk about the 2023, like if the real estate market's going to crash or if it's not, and how we can make money either way. So that's also something that we're going to be talking about today is how do we make money in an up, down, or sideways market. But with that, we're looking at right now, there are a lot of things that are really going on from inflation to interest rates rising up, wars, and, and unemployment rate is going up. Companies are laying off company, or employees all the time. And it's gonna. it seems like it's going to get worse. And go back and listen to my episode last week where I talk about the potential real estate market crash in 2023. But there's something that is really, really interesting right now. And so there was a couple news articles that went out. There is a REIT or a real estate investment trust. Basically, it's like a stock or it is a stock, but it's a REIT is what they call it. But it's a stock that you would put money into. You just buy into this REIT, just like you bought an Apple stock or Amazon stock. You just go ahead and find the ticker symbol in Robinhood or whatever and, and hit buy and you buy it. And so when you would buy into that, you would get into a real estate investment trust. Now, these real estate investment trusts is basically a company and they go out and they get money from all of us little people from selling that stock or that REIT. They get all that money, all that cash, and then they go buy real estate. Well, for a number of years, real estate's been going up. So you have companies like Blackstone. This is the company I'm talking about in this article. But you have other REITs where they've just been making money hand over fist because the real estate market kept going up and they just kept making money. Now, there is a news article that came out December 1st. It says, Blackstone, this is the company, the REIT, they limit are limiting the investors' withdrawals from $145 billion in their total REIT asset management, but they're limiting how much people can actually withdraw. Like, let's say you put $10,000 of your money into this REIT they're stopping you from taking all that money back out. And so it says Blackstone has limited withdrawals from its non-traded real estate investment trust after large numbers of investors sought redemptions. Basically, they're trying to pull their money out, making it the latest firm to take such a step as a global economic concerns grow. So they're stopping the money coming out because they're like, oh no, we, if we don't have money, we can't continue to grow the business or we can't even run the business. So Blackstone, remember, they take that money and remember, this is not, it just said a non-traded. So it's not a traded one. These are people that put their money separately out of the stock market into this REIT, this Blackstone uh, company's REIT. And so what they would do is people outside of like Robinhood, but they would invest when they call it Blackstone and start just literally give them money and get shares in it. But people would call them up and say, I want my money now. And so the REIT had nearly $145 billion in total assets as of September 30th. But somebody or people, investors, have taken out $1.3 in November. Now they've capped it. Investors can rename only 5% of their holdings in a quarter. So imagine, let's say you put $100,000 of your money into this REIT. You can only pull out $5,000 of your own 
actual money. Well, this is the big reason why we are investors. We're buy and hold investors. We don't invest in other companies because we want complete control over everything. Imagine companies saying, you cannot take out more than 5% of your money. Or if you went to your bank right now and you said, I want my cash, like give me all my cash right now. They say, uh, let's only give you 5%. Like that's the maximum we can give you is 5% of your money. Oh my goodness. How are you going to feed your family? How are you going to pay your bills? Well, this is literally what's going on with this investment trust. Now, what we're looking at this, and this has been other companies that are doing the exact same thing. And with that, what it's looking like is people are realizing the market is changing and smart investors are like wealthy investors. And this, remember, real estate is where the wealthy put their money. We store our money in real estate and wealthy people know that. And so they've been storing their money inside this real estate investment trust. With that, what they also do is they have realized now it's not a good time to put money in real estate. So they've now been taking their money out of the real estate market what that's looking like for us. And remember, these are savvy investors. They didn't just go on Robinhood to actually buy this REIT. They had to call up the company. They knew what they were doing. They put, let's say, $100,000, $500,000 into this REIT to make a good return. Now it's looking like they, as well as BlackRock, or BlackRock Blackstone, they are seeing that, oh my goodness, there is a lot of problems that are potentially going on in the real estate market. Now go back and listen to my episode of last week so you can see what's actually going on all the different amazing things that are going on all at once to help the us, actually to help us to become awesome investors and right now being the number one time almost ever in the history of the world to start learning how to invest in real estate, start building your business and having the right people in your business so that you can own properties, buy and own your own property so you have all the control and make money and passive income every single month. That's what this episode's all about. So last week was all about what's going on in the market. Now I wanna show you, if you're just getting started, even if you have your own, let's say you have two or three, four, five, ten 10 properties, I'm gonna show you how to do it right. I've literally coached hundreds, actually it's like thousands of now, thousands of students to invest in real estate the right way because we were all taught. I was taught the wrong way because we had in the past, quote unquote, gurus, and sadly, the gurus lead us astray. But you need to learn how to do it right. And today, I'm going to walk you through how you can, as a beginner, and even if you already have multiple properties, how to do it right, how to scale your business to where you can eventually quit that J-O-B, that just overbroke job, or have extra money so you can be prepared if there is a downturn, if you do get laid off or fired or your company goes bankrupt. And I want to pause for a quick second and share that honestly, I really want you to invest in real estate. My new goal in my life, my first goal was to quit my job in 10 years. And I did that, accomplished that at 37. Now my new goal is to help 1 million people invest in real estate. So two things I would ask from you. Number one, if you get anything out of this episode, please share it with somebody else. Just say, hey, you know, check out Dustin, Master Passive Income. He really wants to help a million people to invest in real estate. That's number one. Number two, I want to get you to invest in real estate get my real estate investing course absolutely for free. Text the word rental, R-E-N-T-A-L to 33777. Rental to 33777. I'll literally give you my course, show you how to find an area of the country to invest, how to build the business first. You know, I always talk about that and how to find the right properties, how to make sure you're getting experts to do the work for you and scale the business to where you're making $250 or more in passive income, scale it to quit your job, I'll literally get to you or go to masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free course. Obviously, it'll be in the description, but I really, really want you to invest in real estate because the more that 
actual normal everyday people own real estate that are good landlords, the better everybody's life gets. Now, as a beginner, you're gonna have so many questions, which are great questions. These are really, really good questions for you as an investor beginning in investing in real estate, I wanna show you and walk you through these things. There are a number of things that I want you to do or that you need to do in order to do it successfully because here's the biggest thing. There are so many ways to actually do this business wrong and there's a few ways to actually do it right. So let me walk you through what actually investing is. Investing is not flipping a house, buying a house, rehabbing it, putting an extra room on it, redoing the kitchen, and then selling it to somebody else. That is not investing. That is flipping a house. Because if you do not flip that next house, you will not make more money. Investing is where you make money over the long term, which I'll get into in just a second. Now, what we do as real estate investors, we invest in buy and hold single family homes, multifamily homes, or apartment complexes, we invest in buy and hold rental properties so that we can make money every single month in passive income. See, now when you invest in a rental property, the property works for you. You don't work, the property works for you, but then also a thought might come into your mind. Well, how do I actually manage the property? I have to do a lot of work to actually manage a property. The great thing is, no, you do not have to do a lot of work. In fact, the 30 plus properties that I currently own as rental properties, they literally do not take any of my time to manage. In fact, I work only 30 minutes a month. Yeah, you heard that right. Not a day, not a week, but 30 minutes a month. And all it is is I get the statements from my property managers. I look at them, I make sure everything adds up, everything's good, put it away for the next month, and then I do it all over again. Everything else is ran by my business. Now here's a big pro tip I wanna give you. Before you get started investing in real estate, what you must do is build the business first. And I'll get into how to build the business first in just a second, but what I wanna tell you that is, if you just go out and buy a house and think, you know what, I'm just gonna put a tenant in there, I'm gonna put it on Craigslist for rent and get a tenant in there and make money, what I'm gonna tell you is you will more than likely lose money. What I, and it's sad, but I love buying properties off of people who did just that. They said, here, here's a property, let me get a tenant in there, I'll buy it and I'll invest in real estate. Not knowing how to set the business up, not knowing how to do it right, not knowing how to make sure you're making money every single month, and I buy it off of them because they are fed up year after year, they have bad tenants, there's evictions, there's late fees, or they're not even paying the late fees, and they're having such a bad time because the tenants are not good, the property's overpriced, whatever it might be, so many ways to do it wrong. Remember, there's so many ways to do it wrong. Now, as an investor, I go to these people who have these properties, they're fed up, and what I do is I tell them, you know what, I would love to take this problem off of your hands. Let me help you out. And so then what I do is I give them an offer. I'm not forcing them to take an offer, but I give them an offer that's gonna make me, in my business, successful to make money. They don't have to take the offer, but I offer it to them. And I'll kid you not, so many of these people who are like mom and pop, like one person just said, let me just buy a property and hopefully it's gonna work out. I kid you not, more than likely, they're gonna say, please just take it. I'm so tired. This is a headache. I can't deal with this anymore. I bought so many properties off of quote unquote investors like that because they didn't do it right. Now let's talk about building the business first. When you're getting started as a beginner, when you're looking for anywhere in the country, because you don't need to invest in your backyard. 
You don't need to invest in your city or even in your state. When I started investing, I started investing when I lived in California and I bought my first property in Ohio, thousands of miles away. And year after year, I just kept building my business. Went branched out from Ohio into Texas, in Arizona. And so I, as an investor, buy far away from me. And it's not as bad as you might think. Some people might think, well, I really need to be next to the property. Like I can drive to the property if there's anything wrong. I have only seen one out of all the 30 plus properties that I've owned. I have only seen one of them before I bought it. And I've literally only seen two out of all of them. All the other ones I do not even see. I do not even go. I don't care to see them. It's inventory for me. Just like if I'm building a business. Imagine this. If you're building a business, a convenience store, everybody knows what a convenience store is. Now, if you're going to be creating a convenience store, you're not going to open up a building and have nothing in it, no cash registers or anything. You put a box of candy bars in on the floor and hope to run a business. That's not what you're going to do. What you're going to do if you're going to start a convenience store, you're going to get the gondolas, which are the shelving units that you put all the candy bars on. You're going to get the countertops and have fountain machines, cold storage. You're going to get countertops for the cash registers, bank accounts, employees, you're going to do all this stuff first before you put one candy bar or one box of candy bars into the business. And that is your inventory. Same thing when it comes to real estate investing. What you want to do is build the business first so that you have it run itself. You find the property managers, you find the contractors, realtors, inspectors, plumbers, roofers, electricians, you do all that. You set up your bank accounts, you get the LLC, you find out where you're going to invest and you make sure you do everything first before you actually buy a property. And on top of that, a big thing that we do as real estate investors here at Master Passive Income, what we do is we invest in properties that make us $250 or more in passive income. Let me give you an example of how that's gonna work out. Super simple. I'm not that smart. I know addition and subtraction, a little bit of multiplication. This is all that it really comes down to. So what you do is you add up all your expenses. You know, you have your, your mortgage, taxes, insurance. You have property management fees. You have other fees that are going to be in there. You add all those up. And more than likely, the majority of those are going to be fixed or very, very little. They're not going to change a lot from year to year or month to month. It's going to be very, very stable. So what you want to do is add up all of those expenses. And I'll show you how to do that. I have plenty of videos. Check the description on how to do this sort of stuff. Super, super simple. We add up all of our expenses and then we find out how much we can rent the property for. Now, here's a big pro tip I'm going to give you. Pro tip is that your property manager is going to tell you how much you can rent the property for. Don't trust Zillow. Don't trust uh, a realtor. It's your property manager. They're the ones that are currently managing properties in the area and they know how much it should rent for. So let's say you add up all your expenses. It's $800 a month. But then you know that your property manager said you could rent it for $1,100 or $1,100 a month. Well, that difference right there is $300 that's passive income. $300, because all your expenses are paid for, your income and your expenses, that difference is $300 in your pocket every single month. See, I quit my job when I was 37 years old. When I was 37, I quit my job because I had 30 plus properties and I said, I am making so much money every single month. I've made over and above how much I make from my job, even though I'm making $75,000 a year, I still am losing money working for here. I better quit so I can make more money in my, with myself 
investing in real estate. And you can absolutely do this. It takes one property after the other. Okay, so that's building the business. We wanna build the business. We wanna make sure we're making $250 or more in passive income. Now, let me tell you what we do not invest for. We do not invest for appreciation. That's where over time the market goes up and we do not invest for saying, we're gonna buy it here and I know it's gonna go up here, so we're gonna sell it here. We do not do that. In fact, appreciation is the cherry on the top. It's like a, it's, it's, it's a surprise at the very end when you're gonna sell it because as an investor, we buy and hold properties. If the value's here, here, or here, or wherever it's at, we make money in passive income every single month. And my four kids, I actually have four kids, all of my kids, I can literally pass down and will these properties to my children to bless them and benefit them so that they can have properties. It's generational wealth. Now, let me walk you through, because appreciation's one, cash flow is another. Let me walk you through the six ways real estate investing makes you money. Be very, very quick. So the first way is cash flow. Cash flow is where, remember, the expenses minus the income, that difference is cash flow. That's money goes in your pocket. Super, super simple. Another way is equity capture. Equity capture is fantastic. I love equity capture because as an investor, we never pay full price. We never pay market price. In fact, if they're asking $150,000 for the house, I'm gonna offer like $110,000. Now you might be thinking, well, that's a lot. That's, that's really, really little. I'm not forcing them to, to sell it to me. Now it would be a robbery if I actually made them sell it to me somehow, but we can't. We offer $110,000, but we do. They're asking 150, we start at 110. Then we negotiate, go up a little bit, they come down. We go up a little bit, they come down. Eventually, we might sell at like $130,000. So they came down $20,000. I captured the equity of $20,000. If the market value was 150, I got them down to 130. That's $20,000 in equity capture that I got. Next one is forced appreciation. Forced appreciation, we buy houses that need work. It's okay that they need work. In fact, the more work that we need to do on a property, the better because we make more money. If a property is gonna need $20,000 in work to fix it up, well, I'm gonna make sure I lower my offer by $20,000, if not then some, so I can make more money. So forced appreciation, let's say we put $10,000 into the property. Fixing it up, painting the walls, getting new flooring, maybe redoing the kitchen a little bit. You know, put some money into the property. It might appraise for $40,000 more than what I bought it. So I put in, let's say $10,000. It appraised for $40,000 more. I captured $30,000 in equity. I forced it up by $30,000. Another one, like I talked about, is market appreciation. Market appreciation just over time, it goes up. Now we'll do this and this and then this and then this. But over, let's say you own a house for 30 years, you are gonna have appreciation and you only realize appreciation or the money that you make on the property when you sell it. So as it happens, when I started investing in 2006, remember that was before the crash of 2008, I bought properties. As I was buying properties, I realized I was buying for passive income. I wanted to make sure that I was making money every single month in passive income. And in doing that, what I'm looking at now 2006, 2007, 2008, 2009, all the way to 2020, 21, and 22, 23, I make money in passive income every single month because I make sure the expenses minus the income, we have a difference of $250 or more in passive income. So even when it crashed, the value of my properties dropped by half, I still made money every single month and I didn't sell my property. So let's say I bought it for $100,000. Let's say it got crashed in half where it's now only worth 50. I still made money in passive income 
and I did not sell it then. Now the properties were right back above $100,000, $130,000. They're worth more than when it crashed or when I first bought it. And I made passive income every single month. So that's with market appreciation. Now another great one, I love this one, is tax benefits. Tax benefits are fantastic. In fact, you're going to be amazed. There is a, a it's, it's a, basically like a fake expense or it's the IRS. Here's really what it comes down to. The IRS made up an expense. It's called depreciation. I love depreciation. Let's say you buy a house for $100,000. Well, over 27.5 years, you will be able to depreciate the total $100,000 off of your income taxes. So you divide $100,000 by 27.5, and each year you take off that little bit of your income. So if you make $50,000 a year, and let's say your depreciation is $1,000, it's going to show on your taxes that you only made $49,000. Now imagine if you had 50 properties where you do that. I mean, your income... For the IRS, tax purposes wise, it drops, it's so low, it's fantastic. On top of that, you're starting a business. Another great thing about tax benefits, you have a business. You buy one property, you have a business. That business has expenses, natural expenses, because you're gonna be doing your business. Those are write-offs for you. There's, uh, there's so many more things. I'm not gonna keep getting into tax benefits. There's so many more great things. The last one, I absolutely, it's almost as good as passive income. I love it. And it is the mortgage buy-down. Now, let me give you an example of this. It's super phenomenal. Let's say you buy a house for $100,000. You put an FHA loan, you get an FHA loan on the property, you buy it for $3,500, which is a 3.5% down payment. An FHA loan is a 3.5% loan. So of $100,000, you're only gonna pay 3.5% of that, which is $3,500. Now. The balance of the loan that you're getting from the FHA loan is $26,500. Now, you might be thinking, well, I got to pay $26,500 for the property. No, you don't. Let me give you the reason why. See, all the expenses that I have, remember I, I told you, line up all those expenses. My taxes, my insurance, my property manager fees, my um, any repairs, any mortgage interest, all of that, I don't pay it. I don't pay my taxes. I don't pay my insurance. I don't pay any of that stuff. My tenants pay every penny of that and I make $250 or more in passive income every single month because what happens is the income minus expenses, remember all your expenses is all those things including your mortgage, including your taxes, add all those up, that's your passive income because your income minus your expenses, the difference is passive income. Now the mortgage buy down, going back to the $100,000 property you bought with an FHA loan, $3,500 down. You owe $96,500 plus interest. You will not have to pay that. Your tenants will pay off that $96,500 and every bit of interest on top of that. It's so amazing. There are six ways that you that you make money investing in real estate. Let me go over those one more time really quickly and quickly recap. So number one, we get cash flow and passive income every single month. Number two, we get equity capture. Number three, we get forced appreciation. Number four, we get market appreciation. Number five, we get tax benefits. And number six, we get mortgage buy-down where the tenant pays off your mortgage. It's phenomenal. Now, let's get back to actually doing this. So you, let's say you've already built the business. You already know where you're gonna invest, which it, I'll look in the description. I actually walk you through how to find new areas of the, the country to invest. So check the description for new videos on how to do that. I love showing people how to find. There's so many ways to... Find new properties, new areas. You don't have to invest in your backyard. So you started the business. 
You know where you're going to invest. Next up, what you really need to do is have funding. Have finances. And again, in the description, I'm going to put videos in there how to do every single one of these steps. Getting funding or financing for your business is the lifeblood of your business. Without financing, you're not going to be able to buy properties. Now, here's a term that I want you to know, and I love this term. It's OPM. Other people's money is the best way to buy properties. And what I love is I love borrowing it from banks. I love borrowing it from private investors or friends and family members. I love using hard money. I've even used a credit card. Now, I will say that's an advanced strategy. That's only like my students actually learn how to use credit cards if they want to use it, which I'm not saying you should. It's an advanced strategy. Very, very advanced, but I'll show you how to do that if you want to. I've even used credit cards to buy properties that made me money in passive income. I've done that as well. There's so many ways to do this business. Most people think, well, as an investor, you're a beginning investor, what I'm going to do is I'm going to get a realtor and a mortgage broker, put them together and buy a property and then try to get a tenant in there. There's so many more steps in that process that if you don't do this right, you're more than likely going to do this wrong. So we build the business first. Then what we do is we find the area that we're going to invest and on top of that, we get funding. And so you get funding by getting a mortgage, getting private funding, using hard money, using a home equity line of credit, so many different ways. There's so many more. I'm just kind of briefly going through them. Then once you do that, then you put in an offer on a property. You already know that your property managers have signed off on this property. You know, they, they said, and this is a big tip, big pro tip. Do not buy a property unless your property manager says yes. This is a property that I will manage and that you will have decent tenants and this is how much you could rent it for. If your property will not manage a property, like if it's in a horrible area, lots of crime, they might get shot going down there, they're not gonna manage it. Well, you're not gonna make money because nobody's gonna manage it. So your property, there's a big pro tip, your property managers must sign off on the property, say yes, I will manage this property. Now from there, what you do is you talk to the seller's realtor. You talk to the seller's realtor or you talk to your own realtor and you buy the property. You put an offer on the property. Now, big pro tip I'm going to give you. I love giving pro tips. Big pro tip I'm going to give you is you must negotiate the price. If they're asking $200,000, we don't, as investors, we don't offer $200,000. We don't offer $205,000. We're investors. We look for deals. We wanted to buy for maybe $175,000. So we capture that equity like I talked about. So what we do is we negotiate. We start a little low, they start high. We eventually offer a little bit, they come down. Offer a little bit and they come down. That's what we want to do. And eventually we meet somewhere where we capture equity as well as they make a little more money than from our offer. Now from there, what you want to do is after you get in the offer, a big, oh, I'm giving you so many pro tips. Huge pro tip I'm going to give you. What you must do, you absolutely must put a seven-day minimum inspection period. You must absolutely do an inspection period. And the big reason why is that inspection period is going to cover you from losing money. Let's say it's a horrible property. You didn't know that until you actually got in there and did a home inspection. And this is why you do a, a seven day inspection period. If not 14 day, the longer the better. If you can agree to have them agree to 14 days, that's fantastic. Now what you want to do as a beginner is realize I must do a minimum of seven days as an inspection period. Then I get a home inspector in there. Let's say you have a seven day inspection period. Home inspector comes in, they're in the crawl space underneath the house and they see termites and they see foundation issues. They see problems that you would not have seen because just walking through the house or your property manager would not have seen. Everything is negotiable in this business. So you go back to them and say, I know we already have an offer. 
wherever you know contract we already signed but i have my inspection and in the inspection period i can back out and right now i'm looking that there's termites and it's going to cost two thousand dollars to get rid of them i need you to do that or credit me two thousand dollars i love getting credited because i can probably find it for cheaper but they might say no and you still have your contract just keep moving forward if you want to move forward and stomach that expense or they might say yes we'll do it we'll take care of it or we'll split you the money so that's a big pro tip so you go back to the seller after you have your home inspection you do that go back to the realtor uh, the, the seller's realtor and so they could talk to the seller and say let's work out a deal so that's a huge pro tip i give you then once you do after you do that you now go and proceed through the contract if you needed to back out of the deal then that's inspection period seven days or 14 days or however long it's going to be you can literally back out and not lose your earnest money your earnest money is basically when you put down an offer, you put down $1,000 and say, I'm very serious about buying this house. Here's $1,000. If I back out, you get the $1,000. And they'll say, yes, I'll take your offer. So you can back out without losing your interest money. Let's say everything's moving forward. You're doing great. Now what you want to do is let the title company do the work. The title company, they're going to charge you some money, but they're going to give you title insurance. Title is basically whoever owns the house. If somebody owns the house that is not selling it, somebody could actually try to sell you a house, but they're not the actual owners. The seller may come back to you and say, even though you gave them money, it's not me. I didn't get any money. It's my house. It doesn't matter what you did, how much money you gave. It's my house. I didn't get that money. Go after them. Go get their money. It's still my house. So a title company is going to do title search, which sees who actually owes own it. If there's any liens against it, and I know it's big terms, don't worry about it. You're not going to have to really worry about this stuff right now. But they're going to make sure there's going to be easy, free and clear to give you the property and have no problems. That's what title companies do. Plus, they also hold on to the money. You put, like the bank, if you're getting a mortgage, puts the money into an escrow company, into the title company. They hold the money. Then they get the deed from the seller and they hold them together. They record the deed. At the same time, they release the money. It's a third party to make sure nobody gets you know scammed or anything bad happens. So you get that title company to actually do it. Next up... After you close, let's say you close on a Friday and all the paperwork gets done, money gets sent to the seller, you get the keys or your property manager gets the keys. The first thing you want to do, and I, a big pro tip, what I love to do is tell my property managers, we're going to close on Friday, on Saturday or Sunday or Monday at the latest, get the crews in there, get them rehabbing the property, get them fixing it up so we can get a tenant in there. Now, the property manager more than likely has a cruise, so they're going to go in there, give you a quote. You're going to know beforehand how much it's going to cost to fix up. Then what you do is get them in there, work hard, work hard, and then get the property listed for lease. Now, here's a big pro tip I'm going to give you. When it's getting fixed up, when you're rehabbing it, when you're cleaning it, painting it, don't let anybody walk through the property. You can list it for rent and say, hey, give me your name. And the property managers, give me your name, would say that, and then contact the possible tenant when it's ready. It's just a way to put out feelers for people to give you their names, but don't let them walk through the property until it's done because you might get somebody like, oh man, you know, I, I know you're cleaning it, but this looks really bad. We don't want to have any bad thoughts in their brain. We want to make sure it's done before they actually walk through the property. Then what you do is you have the property manager do a background check. Oh my goodness, another pro tip. Huge pro tip I'm going to give you always do a background check. Have your property manager do the background check. If you're managing yourself, you must do a background check. I use the company Cozy. That's a free property management software and it's in the description as well. Check them out. They're fantastic. I love using them. Now, what you're going to do is do a background check to make sure that they're a good tenant. They haven't been evicted. They have a good credit score. You know, they're upstanding citizens, all that good stuff. 
and then if everything matches up, you get a security deposit, you get the first month's rent, and then you sign, have them sign a one-year lease. Now, that is how you start investing. There's so much more inside there, and I wanna show you how to do this. And that is it for today. Go ahead and get my free real estate investing course. Text the word rental to 33777. R-E-N-T-A-L to 33777. You can also join my Real Estate Wealth Builders group coaching. Get all my courses. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next show. See ya.